And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of that Dynamite Review Show on the Tritnology News Talk. And as always, I'm your host with the most, Mr. Tritnology himself. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the most, Mr. Leland Bedford. What's up, bro? What is, what is up, everybody? Um, I got a new mic. So hope it sounds better. Um, but yeah, I had this mic for a minute and I figured out why I might as well start using it for this and give you guys a better quality sounding uh podcast. So I hope you guys like it. Oh yeah. But um yeah, yeah. Look it sound looking good, pretty good, pretty good. Um before we get into the um to the show uh the, the, today, um AEW made an announcement um during the broadcast is that AEW is going to be making his way to the United Kingdom uh, next year. Uh, no no further details were, were revealed, but um, TK, in previous interviews, has expressed interest in touring the United Kingdom, especially mentioning the Craving Cottage as a possible location for a future event in the UK. That is the home of the Fulham F- FC Soccer Club, which is owned by Tony Khan's father, AEW is making several debuts in the, in the coming months. They are set to debut at, at Cl- Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, which is the hometown of, of Brian Danielson on January 4th. Then Portland, Oregon on January 6th. Then they will make their way to Fresno, California debut on January 18th, followed by Lexington, Kentucky on January 25th. Yeah, they're going to be doing a lot of new territories. And I know Tony Khan loves a uh, the home guy pop. Um, and then, yeah, Daniel Bryanson in his hometown. Um, I believe Darby Allen, Darby Allen is from Seattle. Um, so they're making their way up that way. Um, and then speaking of hometown guy pops, the UK, you got Anthony Agogo over there. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some um, some stuff for him so he can have that pop. And the UK feel like they got their guy that they can cheer in. And believe it or not, guys, Anthony Gogo is much bigger in the UK than he is in America. He was on the uh, UK Big Brother. He's on a lot of their um, a lot of their sports shows. Um, so he may be a big draw in the UK when they go over there. Oh yeah, and absolutely. And um I'm looking at the uh, an arena here and um it holds about um by at least um the, the 20 20,000 people. 20,000 people. That's a good size. Yeah. So um if I had to predict it will probably be for a special dynamite episode or maybe a or maybe a, a spot for a pay-per-view. Maybe a spot for a pay-per-view. Yeah, why not make it an event that people can pay for and watch? And plus, their pay per views are always really, really good. Um, so why not? Yeah, yep. Do some, do some free, do some free TV over there, and then do a pay per view. How they do like you know a dynamite, a rampage, and then a pay per view. Like give it that whole Chicago thing, that whole Chicago effect. Yeah, that's on that. That don't sound like a bad idea. Yeah, do a, a dynamite and a rampage on the in the uh, in the UK. And then have a pay per view on a, on the same week. That that don't sound that don't sound too bad at all. But um, we'll see um what's the plan for the for the UK in twenty twenty three. But um, but for right now we are on the road to uh Newark, New Jersey, 
in a couple of weeks for Full Gear. And uh, this was the the official start on the road to Full Gear as we had a couple announced uh, more matches was announced, which we'll get into in a moment. But first off, we're going to get into the, the first match of the night was the eight-man tag between with the Acclaim, teaming with FTR against the Guns, and Swerve in Our Glory. Now, um, pretty lackluster um, match to, uh, to, to begin with, but um, we, we do see the, um, the story here. In case y'all didn't know, uh, Swerve in Our Glory will be taking on the Acclaim for the, uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, and I do expect um, FTR to go against the, the Guns at, um, at full gear. But we'll see but we'll, we'll, what's going to happen until then. Yeah, I think there were some some pretty cool spots in this match um, that I thought was pretty fun. Um, I think As Boys looked at really good last night. They're really starting to kind of look like that heel tag team. Um, I believe his name is Dalton, Dalton Gunn. Um, I think he is definitely the most improved um, in there. Um, I think um, when, when I first started seeing him, I didn't think he had like the passion for it or like, I, it, I don't know. It just didn't seem like he really enjoyed it or maybe he was just still too new. Um, thank God. For, like that, and I thank God for COVID. But um, during COVID, um, he really took it. He, he really had time to practice. It was an empty arena. So he had time to really practice without the pressure of that arena there. Um, and about a full, um, a full audience. Um, so I think it was really cool that he had a chance to practice there. And I think now looking at him, I think, or is it Colton Gun? I need to know these. I just know Asboy. I need to look up their names. Um, but yeah, he's definitely improved and like he really came into his own and he's uh, more comfortable in the ring. Um, and the other one is just a star, I think, um, already. I think he's just, he just lives it. He loves it. Um, and he's just ready to kind of be that, that star like his dad was. Yeah. And um, so um, in a in the final uh, in the final moments of the of the match, um, Austin tried to mark the road dog with his jabs. You know where you do the punches and then uh, uh you do the dancer with the knee. But um, Hardware locked in the sharpshooter, which if you ever heard Road Dog's comments today about Bret Hart, but that's another story. But um, Bowens and Caster drop Austin with a spinning slam and a mic drop. While Carlton put away the big rib to give the FTR and, and the Acclaim the victory, so um after the match, um FTR and the Acclaim had to stare down. So um you kind of teasing that um that they will be having a match in the near future. So this is my prediction for Full Gear. So I think F, uh, the Acclaim will retain the tag team titles, and I do expect we'll see a full heel turn from Swerve and betray Keith Lee. Yeah, there was some tension in the beginning of the match. Keith Lee did not give Swerve any kind of uh, dap, dap when he came out. So definitely some tension there. I knew uh, Swerve and Keith was not going to be pinned in this one when you got the ass boys right there. You can see Keith is really not, you know, a heel. He doesn't do any heel type techniques. So they also could trick us that way where uh, Keith Lee goes full heel and they keep swerving our glory going even longer. So that's also a card uh, up their sleeve that they could play. Um, so, 
But yeah, I think this is a really fun match. I like the real, I like the spot where they did the suplexes off the top rope. Um, Austin, now I got his, his name finally came to me now that you said it. Uh, yeah, but Austin, I think, is definitely a star out of the two, but Colton definitely has come a long way and acclaimed. Dude, I love seeing their pop. You can see Bowens really love getting their pop. My caster's rap was great last night, very topical. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a pretty fun opener. Yeah, yeah, pretty good opener uh, uh, to start. Very standard, but, um, yeah, it definitely has its, uh, its stories going into uh, to, to full gear. But yeah, um, multiple stories being told at the same time here. Yeah, but we'll see well, what happens in, um, in a couple weeks in, in New Jersey. And um, so um, after the match, we go into a video promo with MJF. So um, I don't know if you ever heard yet, but um, MJF, he's gone Hollywood. So um, he has been uh, officially cast as uh, uh, one of the um, uh, the Hall of Famer uh, family in the, uh, as Lance Van Richard. Um, if you guys, if you guys didn't know, uh, they're a huge uh, family group from the W uh, for the WWE. And, um, so yeah, um, he's been cast as, uh, last, last Van Elrich. Uh, so awesome. They, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, they doing some, a, bring some yeah. eyes to AEW on that. Yeah. So they doing a, um, a biopic film based on the, uh, the Van, uh, Elrich family. Dude, and, I'm so, um, I'm so happy they're doing this movie. Trico in like 2017, I was talking to somebody in full sale. I told the guy, I said, Hey, I think biopic wrestling movies are going to be really big in the next couple of years and he said oh nah not enough people care about wrestling and no i don't see that happening i said dude do you know how big the wrestling audience is are you crazy uh and then here we are we got the visit man biopic shows like dark side of the ring and then now this and this is such a great story to tell I'm a little jealous that I, I'm not the one able to tell it, but I'm excited to to watch it. But you got all these, you got Hill, uh, you got all these, this wrestling content outside of wrestling now. This is a great time for wrestling. Um, and the more content that's made about wrestling for mainstream people to watch, the more eyes it comes to uh, the product. It may go to AEW, it may go to WWE first, it may go to AEW first. It's now a, kind of a toss up, you know. Um, but now that AEW's on TBS and and uh, and TBS wants to promote AEW as more of a sport like um, thing, and they're getting some money put behind them, it's just a great time. It's a great time for professional wrestling in general. Um, because now we all have something that we like, no matter what it is. If it's New Japan and you like that style only, if it's AAA, you like that style only, you know, if it's AEW, WWE, if you watch both, no matter how it, how you shape it out, it's a great time for professional wrestling. Yeah, and um, uh, Zach Efron and uh, Lily James are, are, are attached to the cast as uh, Zach Efron will be playing the main head uh, the Van Elrich Kevin and uh, in the movie, and um, it's uh, it will be produced from from A twenty four that that company has been put out a lot of good movies lately, and um, this movie is set to release in twenty twenty three. We haven't got the uh, the exact release date yet, but it is slated to come out in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think it's going to come out really good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, and. Um, with uh, so congrats to uh to MJF getting that um, yeah, big, a film big. film debut spotlight. Let's see how how he does um in the big screen, but um, so in the in the video promo, 
he was on Pardon My Take Radio Talk, and he was talking about uh, how the fervor uh, betrayed him. So, uh, and the doctors told him not to travel at the attack from the firm. He says history will be made at full gear. And he compares himself to generation talents like Bruno San Martino, John Cena, The Rock, and among others. MJF does not like John Moxley, but he respects him because he had to, to work his ass off to get where he at. MJF was born to do this, to act in movies, wave the flag at AEW, and bring pro wrestling back to where it was. MJF said, the spotlight at AEW has always been stolen from him, and he lists the examples. Like the uh, like the the confrontation with the uh, with CM Punk and the uh, and the Young Bucks, and mm-hmm. uh, like with uh, with Chris Jericho, the Matt Hardy situation, all the other all the other examples that he talked about, and the um, and he also saying Rio Regal bet on the wrong horse and come full gear, the devil would get his due. So uh, this was a, a excellent uh promo from MJF. So you know that uh, he was serious here, but um, a lot of people question is that is he a still is he still a heel, or is he is he like an anti babyface? Yeah, I think he's kind of a tweener now. To be honest, at any moment is he he's so over that his heel comments um, get a pop. You know, even when he's dogging on the city that he's in, he still gets a pop. So he's in a very interesting moment. But I think him coming out to try to help uh, Mox last time and then also getting beaten up with the firm kind of definitely takes him out of deep hill territory and definitely puts him more in the middle because now he has a hill adversary, something he hasn't had before. He's always been at odds with the baby face. So now he's at odds with that other hill group. So that kind of pushes him up towards the middle more. Not full middle, but definitely out of deep hill territory. Yep, uh, exactly. And uh, speaking of uh, former uh, allies, former friends, um, Stokely Hathaway cut a promo as well, talking about growing up with MJF, but certainly he forgot where he came from. He says MJF is dick riding John, John Mosley without a license. He don't need MJF as he's going to do this without him and he will see Max uh, in hell. So um, this tells me that uh, at full gear that we're going to ignite the rivalry between MJF and the firm. How are we going to do it? I don't know. But uh, this all depends in the next match we're going to talk about. So where do you see this going? First off, I didn't know they could say Dick Ryan on TV. That took me by surprise. I was like, what? the hell um yeah i think uh stokely is just gonna be like i said the adversary to mjf um we, he gives us somebody else to hate and we he gives us somebody that we want to see mjf gets his get his hands on and that's something i don't think we could have said before um so now stokely hathaway is uh, arch nemesis to mjf so now joker has a nemesis himself you know so um, yeah, I think it's interesting how they're doing this. I think it will be leading up to a full babyface turn. And then, shit, he might have the biggest run of his AEW career, um, to be honest. Because uh, he has a catchphrase. I think Mox needs a catchphrase. I know he's not that kind of guy. 
But Stone Cold had a hell of a catchphrase. He had many catchphrases. And it don't need to be anything that's a long line. It could be just one word. Um, but I don't know if Mox has that kind of, I want to say charisma, but I don't think Mox, I don't know. I think they think they need to give him a catchphrase so they can sell more shirts. Now, Moxie is the type of guy I like, let me wrap this to to you and then uh, we're done. Right. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think it needs to be like a, if you smell what the rock is cooking or that's the bottom line or the best there is, the best there was. Like, I don't think it needs to be anything like that. But I do think we need some kind of word association with Mox. That's funny. You know, um, I don't know. He's been saying some stuff about being like about um this is not the easy way and stuff like that. So something maybe with um something, I don't know. But I, that's just me. That's just me being a wrestling fan. And like I really want Mox to have that thing I can say with him. You know what I mean? That we all can say with him. Um, I think that'd be taking him to the next level in a way. Um, and where he needs to kind of submit himself. Cause like think about it. If I if I say Stone Cold. The first thing to come to your mind is kind of like 316, um, bottom line, like all this stuff, you know? But So that's what I'm saying. When I say mocks, we just think about straight fighting, straight brawler. We need that one thing that we also can associate with them. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to uh, to Mox in, uh, in a second. But um, let's talk about uh, Ethan Page versus uh, Eddie Kingston in this uh, first round in the uh, – well, world title eliminated uh, tournament. So, um, Excalibur did run down the history between Kingston and Page, ranging from their cage matches to their I Quit matches in the promotions like AIW or AAW. So, um, this crowd was really uh, into the into this match. But, um, in the final moments of the match, Page leaped off to the second row back inside, but Kingston hit a Yonagi in midair. It lifts up page for with more chops. Kingston tried to the to, to corner charge, but ran right into a page page power slam to cut off his momentum. Page wanted the Eagles edge, but Kingston countered with a suplex for two. Sludge fence ensured with Kingston winning that bout into a DDT for a close two. Kingston hit an exploder, locked in the stretch plum, but Hathaway took the rep. Uh, as Page uh, Pat, as Page was tapping out, Ortiz ran off Hathaway as Kingston turned and covered by a Page high kick. Page went up top, but but was caught off by Kingston, who himself was crushed by Page, who hit a wild uh, avalanche, Eagles Edge for for three, and Page. Uh, this is Page's uh, uh, biggest singles win to date so far. So now Page has moved on and will face the winner of ba- uh, Bandito and Roosh next uh, in the next round of the tournament. Now, the, this was a um a, a pretty good match uh here. Um some some people say they wanted uh Kingston to um to move forward, but like I said, story-wise, uh it, it makes more sense with uh, Ethan Page moving forward because yeah. uh, with the feud between uh Masia MJF and the firm uh, all that stuff so um but 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 not to worry. Eddie Kingston will get his um and many of his spots uh, sometime soon. But um, but I mean, uh, but, I think yeah. anyone who's waiting for Kingston to have like a championship run is going to be waiting for a while. 
Um, Kingston is exactly where he needs to be. He gets his pop. He can come out, work with anybody, and he's a working wrestler. For Kingston, that is perfect. You see what I'm saying? He's a veteran. He has a, He's making money, man. So the thing is, anybody's waiting for that is going to be waiting for quite some time because uh, Kingston is not that guy. He's that guy you can put in with anybody, anytime, and he's going to have a draw. And he's going to have people want to watch it, and he's going to get a pop, and he's going to go get his get do his job and get paid. I'm telling you. So don't look for, for Kingston to have some big championship run. Um, but Ethan Page, now that's somebody that could eventually be uh, the face of AEW. That's somebody you can put on TV. That's somebody you can put – um, you put the championship up him, championship on him, put him on some morning shows or something, and then that is uh, your champion. He has that look. He has superstar type look. He has charisma. So Ethan Page going over, and also Ethan Page working his way up the ranks to be a part of that championship. Um, you know, bracket will be the best way to go. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, like I said before, uh, that uh, we understand why eat the pace to the to the, to the win because of storyline. But um, uh, Eddie Kingston fans, do not worry. Uh, Kingston will get his spotlight soon. It's gonna come soon. Just that, that just be patient. Yeah, that's you, all. You, you've been waiting for a minute, in my yeah. opinion. And speaking of Bandito and Roosh, Renee Parquet with backstage with Joe the assistant, Roosh and and Dark Order. Joe said. He wants 10 there specifically because when Roosh wins, he likes 10. So he will give uh, the first title shot to uh, to Bandito, while Uno, Reyes, and Silver will never get one. Silver said Roosh and uh, Roosh, uh, well, Silver, Silver called Roosh a Roosh bag, and there was a pull apart with it with securities. I, le- I legit um the thought that 10 and Roosh was still in the storyline. And I was like, Where's Andrade in this situation? Like it don't make no sense. But um, it is what it who, is. So- what were we talking about? We were talking about something they may have planned for Andrade, um, soon. But yeah, Andrade's been off TV. Oh, we were talking about Jeff Jarrett and um, Jay Lethal and all that stuff. Um, and how Andrade can pop up in there. But Andrade's been off TV for a minute, man. I feel like um. AEW did to push him correctly, or maybe he's a bad person to work with. I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. Um, I know him and Sammy got in a big fight. Sammy came out on top on that one because he's still on TV. So we'll see what happened. I don't know, man. But it's crazy. But we got to get our dry day back. So in this situation, but um, in the ring, Ari Davari was uh, was in the ring. Um, with his trust, uh, trust Butler, and he said he wants the TNT uh to title, which immediately brought out Warlow to him prop two uh a TNT uh but title match. This was real quick, pop up symphony for the win, and that was it. So, oh my God, that was just stupid. But um, but the real fun was about to begin as um Powerhouse Hob was called out. He came out to the stage. And Warlow said the TNT title will always be his, and he will take every title in this company. And then Samoa Joe, right on hand, wiped out Warlow 
in the back of the head with the uh with the RH television title and then put on, on the sleeper on him. And then Joe stared down at Hobbs at the ramp, who said he'll kick Joe's ass too. So my question is, could we see a triple threat between Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoan Joe, and Warlow? Yeah, this was a big uh, cross, right? I wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing it coming um, out of nowhere. I like heel Samoa Joe. Me personally, I like him better as a heel. He's great as a baby face, but this also gives um, Wardlow some um, some some problems to overcome. You know, this is like the first person that kind of turned their back on Wardlow a little bit, other than like MJ. Well, MJF really ain't turned his back. MJF just started treating him worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where he's just gonna take it anymore. Um, so this is the kind of first person that. Warlow thought was a friend who stabbed him in the back. Um, so it's interesting to see how he comes back from this one. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes given these big muscle guys, these like, you know, really good kind of like stories sometimes when they're such like unstoppable force. So how do you do that? You put them against somebody else who's an unstoppable force. And then also, Think about all the all the training that Warlow is getting right now, being in a program with Samoa Joe. And I'm sure he's probably learning some stuff from Samoa Joe because he's always been a monster type um, wrestler. So I'm glad this is happening. Actually, all three of them, Hobbs, too, is a monster type wrestling. So you got the students of Wardlow and Hobbs learning from the, the teacher of Samoa Joe. So it's only going to benefit uh, Hobbs and Wardlow in the long run. But uh, my take is uh, two things. One, why we need to turn uh, 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 why do need? I don't know. I don't know if he's a full flesh heel. I don't know yet. Uh, but um, I don't know why they need to turn him because the fans out there, they didn't boo him. They were still chanting Joe, 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 mm-hmm. Joe. So I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. And second thing, could we see a triple threat between these guys? And is it going to be for the TNT title or are we going to get a winner take all match with the TNT title and the RH television championship? Oh, wow. You make somebody a double champ in one night. Yeah, that's why, that's why I see this going, but, um, well, we'll see, but, um, what's going to happen there. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I wasn't seeing this coming. So, um, but anyways, like I said, I like I like Evil Joe more than I like Babyface Joe. So let's keep it going and let's see what happens. But you're right, the crowd was not buying the whole thing. They were still chan- chanting for him. So that could be a good thing or a bad thing for Wardlow. Yep, but we'll see uh, how this goes. So, um, But the question is, uh, if they do a triple threat, who's taking the pin here? Who's taking the pin here? Oh, I think probably Hobbs. If anybody, if anything, Hobbs. He's low. He's low man on the totem pole. We'll see. But um, Renee Parquet was backstage with Jade Cargill and the baddies, and it's official at full gear. It will be Jade, the uh, the the official TBS champion against Nyla Rose, who is now known as the self-proclaimed TBS champion for the TBS title said and jay said she'll handle nyla rose on, on rampage 
And then, oh my God, you should have seen um what what Nyla Rose said on Twitter. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh my goodness. What she say? Nyla Rose is funny, man. She has a really funny personality. Oh my God. Um, listen, we all like Jade, but if I had to keep it a buck, the only uh best match she had. During this uh during this title run and this uh undefeated streak was against um I would say against uh Athena. And this whole thing between Isla Rose and uh stealing the championship, this is the only thing uh story story wise that's been good. I'm just keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. I mean, Jade is just a wonder to look at though, man. I mean, when she comes out to the ring, I know she's not that impressive in the ring, but she is impressive as a person, period. Um, she is just a specimen to look at, man. Like, um, no way around it. She's like, give her the knife wonder of the world title. That's what kind of physique she has. Um, but I see what you're saying. You know, she she's getting better over time. I think the last match she did, I really liked her energy in that match. Also, real quick to shout out to... Um, AEW for using those classic um versus versus um videos where the wrestlers are video animated then it goes to a picture like they used to do in the attitude era. I really like that. It's really nostalgic. So I'm happy every time I see it. But um but yeah, man, Jade Jade is Jaybird, you know? Like she is not the best professional wrestler in the ring. She's pretty decent on the mic but she looks great and she's money period you can put her on anything and people are going to just give her so much attention and they're going to say where can i see more of her and that's aew so it works right now for this division yeah and uh jay cargo was in the uh in the top five for the pwi top well, 100 uh, women's uh, wrestlers of the year. See? See, because she's because of her physique and the way she looks, she's bringing attention to the sport. She's came out with celebrities. She's came out with all types of stuff. She's been she's a real influence. I think I think a lot of young black ladies watching wrestling be like, man, I want to be like Jake when I grow up. The thing is, no one can be like Jake when they grow up because no one is blessed with those genetics like she was. So she just looks like money, bro. Like she really does. Yep. And um so uh and then um so going from 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 that uh we got the face to face off with uh Soraya and uh Dr. Britt Breaker. So um Tony Shavardi was in the ring to introduce both both women and Soraya gave out the OBE comment as Soraya said she took some she took, she took some tests and unfortunately for Britt she is 100% cleared. And Soraya broke in tears as the crowd went nuts for this news. And Baker said, there's nothing more fickle than, a than an AEW fan. As the thing to make clear that she has built the AEW women's division for superstars like Soraya to come in. Baker said Soraya had the, uh, the audacity to call AEW her house. When she has never laid a single a single brick, Soraya is jealous of her, leaving her old house to walk in Breaker's house 
and don't take walk-ins and bitch make an appointment which even pops up even uh taz uh at, uh, at the commentary desk yeah that was great and soraya said baker was given every given her position by tony khan fed qt Marshall's trainees and been in front of the camera for three years while soraya has been in this game for 17 years she has been hit by a car and wrestled the same day because she loves this business Sharia says she has wrestled everywhere before wrestling was even a twinkle in her eye. Sharia has been embarrassed publicly and battled drug addiction publicly, giving her net to, to this business. This could be another opportunity uh, handed to break. And this is the busiest match of her career. As uh, Sharia versus Baker at full gear was, uh, was announced and set. So um, Baker tried a cheap shot. But Soraya dropped her, which was formerly known, which was formerly known as the Rampage. But now they gotta they gotta change the name because Rampage has been is now a part of a show, so they probably can't put it on the front of the finishing move. But we'll see what's the new name. I don't know if they're gonna change it or not. But um, so yeah, she hit the Rampage to stand tall, and then she said, "This is my house." So, like I told you before. We was gonna get that announcement, and um, the crowd was popping when she said she was a one hundred percent clear. And um, so, this is gonna be the main attraction to the uh, to, to 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 the women's matches that was announced in full gear. Now, here's my positives and negatives here. So, this uh, uh, uh the this uh, uh this will be a great opportunity. For those like who never seen a uh, Soraya or Paige, whatever you want to call her, in the ring since um I would say 2017. That's when she uh, first retired, and um so this is a good opportunity to see her well, what she what she could do in the ring. And um my negatives here. So we got three matches on the card for the women. Now I feel like the Britt Baker and Soraya match. It's overshadowing the AEW Women's World Title Match and the uh, the TBS Championship uh, Title Match. Like think that, like think about it for a second. Like when you had the big matches uh, back then, with uh, like for example, um, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, or um, well, like oh, like like all the big the dream matches like you would never think of, but 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 it happened. And those matches like overshadow and, uh, and outshine the um the important matches like the the world title matches like all that other stuff so i think that's one of the big negatives here so um because people think that the um that the AEW world title itself it's kind of like an afterthought and it's the women's division right now the the way it's been booked but hey it's not their fault okay so it is what it is but um, I'm still excited uh, the, the, for this match, and I can't wait to see uh, Sharia uh, back at action in the ring. So um, uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, right now Tony Storm, I feel like doesn't have a real competitor. I think her real competitor is going to be Thunder Rosa when she's cleared. Um, so I get I get how there's no real real big draw for the interim women's championship. But at the same point in time, if Soraya was in that picture, 
people say, oh, she's going. And at the same point in time, though, Jamie Hayter has been getting hella popular. You know, I don't know if you guys have been noticing it, but she gets really good pop style and people are trying to get her to be kind of a new star. So this is a great opportunity for Jamie. And I don't want people to say, well, they're not paying no attention to the division or to the, to the championship when they're putting one of the women in the who's getting a big pop now in this match and Tony storm is getting doing really well as well. So I think it is a match and there's some story there. They both live together. They were roommates. So I think they are doing a good job building what's going on. And they had later on, we'll see Jamie go against some um, sky blue. Um, so I, I wouldn't say they're not giving it any attention, but if they would have put Soraya there, then it's been they'd have been complaining about that. You know, if they would have put Britt in that picture, they'd have been complaining about that. So I think having first off is three women matches, dude, on one show. So let's give it up for them because that means already just with if if Soraya wasn't there, it would be one we would have only had two. So already she is bringing more attention to the women's division, like she said she would, because now that is a part. That match just took the place of a of what would usually be a guy's match. You see what I'm saying? So if she wasn't there, that would have been just another guy match. But because she's here, we get three now. So she's already making a difference in a division. Yeah, and um, there were some points um, in the uh, uh, in the promo that I mentioned that, um, and um, even though she didn't say it. But it, it feels like that Soraya wanted to say that uh, that Brit Breaker is slowly becoming the Charlotte Flair of AEW. <laughs> now, it was a couple of things in her promo I didn't like. Like when she said, you don't know what it takes to be a superstar. Like eh, that one, I was like, if I was in WWE, I'd have been like, yay. But I'm in AEW, so I really would have preferred if she would have said, you don't know what it takes to be a real professional wrestler. Because at the end of the day, Soraya was a professional wrestler before she was a superstar. So, and now she's back being a professional wrestler, if you want to look at it in those terms. But she has more claim to the term professional wrestler than anybody since she was literally born in that ring. Her family is all professional wrestlers and they're not trying to be superstars. They're trying to be professional wrestlers. So she has more claim to it. So I wish she had the mindset at that moment to kind of steer it more towards the term of professional wrestler. And I think that's a better way of getting over with the AEW crowd. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, but, um, but, uh, but at the end of the day, um, this match is um between Soraya and Big Breaker. This is gonna be uh well one for the ages here. So um, and we'll see um what the outcome is gonna be, and uh we'll see what kind of ring shape that um that Soraya is gonna gonna be in. So it's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, happy to see her back. Happy to see her back for sure. Yep. So um, after that we go backstage with Sanjay Dunn, Jay Leto, and Satnam Singh. Is with QT Marshall and the factory. So Dunn paid Cole, Car Cole Carter, which was formerly known as Two Dimes from NST, and pay his services next week until the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housley, interrupted. So we got a um, all-lancet championship match between Orange Cassidy and Lee Johnson, while Trev Beretta and Jay Leto uh, Lily had a match which was coming up right now. 
right now. Yep, and I think that was a that was pretty fun. I like seeing Jay Lethal in the ring. Trent did a good job, but I think that all led up to what happened after the Trent and Jay Lethal match. They had a decent match. Um, Jay Lethal came out like a real heel, attacking him before he came was able to even get into the ring um, and kind of had to vanish the whole match. Uh, Trent does a really good spinning DDT off the rope. He was able to get that in. It's always a thing of beauty when he does it. Um, but yeah, I think the whole point of that match was so we can see Jeff Hart, uh, Jeff Jarrett come out um, shortly afterwards to cut his promo. Yeah, and uh, this was a pretty good, hilarious uh, back and forth match between uh, uh, Trip Beretta and Jalito, but um... I think it's time. Uh, uh, they're they're pretty good on on their own as as single as single competitors. But I think it's time that um that Orange Cassidy and uh and, and best and best friends starting get into the um uh, to the trios championships because the trios championship has been uh, on shine recently. So once we get uh, a familiar um three man groups back, hopefully the trios championships will be uh in the spotlight soon. Oh, I think yeah, the trio hopefully. championship is going to be in a big spotlight after full gear when the elite returns. Oh yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But um, this was a pretty good back and forth match, and uh, this ended with uh, uh, Lethal catching Barretta for the lethal ejection and for the win. So um, Tony Schiavone tried to interview Sanjay Jai and the crew, but was told the to bars off as he introduced uh J E double F J A double R. E double T double J Jeff Jarrett. So hearing my word on AEW will not stop for being weird to me. Jarrett said in his debut had millions of views and ran down the accomplishments of Dunn, Lethal, and Singh. Uh, Jarrett was screaming this whole promo, calling out Sting and Darby Allen as the stage handler was trying to wrap them up and Jericho chased him off uh, at the segment uh, as the as the segment went off. So um we are basically um getting the uh the old school TNA in AEW uh, right now. And I'll explain why in a second. But um in the promo, so when they was uh, uh listening down the accomplish, I don't know if you guys noticed it now or we ever mentioned it, but um uh Satnam Singh is a former uh, basketball player. And he uh, played for the um uh, for for the for the Dallas for the Dallas Mavericks. So in case y'all didn't know there, so um he also mentioned in the promo that setting up scene is not some tall dude who wears some uh, red red skinny jeans. So he was talking about uh Braun Strowman there, and when he also said uh, a big a big yellow banana. So he was mentioning uh Triple H and um. Uh, the big nose that he got. I don't know if you catch that that uh, that, that promo uh, as well. So um yeah, and um so it was official at Full Gear. We are getting uh Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and uh, and Darby Allen. So I feel that this is a um a remake and a makeup from the Ric Flair last match that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal did. When they face against um Flair and um and and Andrade El Idolo, so I think this this was a kind of makeup here and uh with uh with Sting and Jeff Jarrett in the ring together in a while, so that's why I said you're getting the uh the old school 
uh, TNA in this match. The old school. So, yeah, this is going to be a hell of an interesting um, uh, full gear coming up. I think everything they're doing is kind of, now that we're in full gear season, everything is ramping up towards that. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, so uh, after that, uh, Renee Paquette was backstage with Jungle Boy Jack Perry, who said, Lucasaurus and Christian Cage do not decide when this is over. He has a challenge for them regarding full gear for the both of them. So, and he wants to do it at a rampage. So, what do you think the challenge is going to be? What do you think the challenge is? I really don't know. I'm really excited to see what happens on rampage. Um, I like how they've been teasing rampage more often. Um, you know, to kind of get people to want to watch it more. More. I think they're... Oh, well, you might cut off. Just get out. So uh, while we wait for um, uh, for Lillian to fit, uh, to fit his mic there, um, Mosley came out to the uh, to the ring with uh, with Lord William Regal and cut a uh, in ring promo. He said when he met Regal, he was twenty five and full of piss and, and vinegar. Trico, you there? It, yep, was there. You there? Yep, I'm here. I don't, I don't know what happened. Like we had a quick um, technical difficulty there. Yeah. But uh, good. Let me know if you hear me. I'm switching. Can you still hear me there, Trico? Yeah. Well, while you um fix your mic, uh, I'm gonna talk about the uh, John Moxley in ring promo. But um. All right. So, so uh, uh, going to there. Uh, like I said before, um, he thinking he knew it all. Mossy wanted to be just like Regal, looking for his respect. He picked the fight with Regal, who tortured Mossy. It allowed Mossy to work harder and come back to get his revenge. When and that revenge was knocking out uh, Regal's head off with a knee, referees their feud in uh, F FCW. He said this reminds him of, of a young MJF who he fought in 2020 at the uh, All Out of uh, Pay Per View, and uh, he beat him. And now MJF wants his revenge. Mossy said MJF put on an image of a tough guy pro wrestler when his mind buys his clothes at JC Penney's. MJF calls himself a pillar who don't know what it is like to have to carry anything on his back. M MJF also called himself the devil. But Mossy said, I seen the devil and MJF is not it. Masi said he wants to know what MJF is made of, and at full gear, he's gonna find out. Everything MJF has done up to this point has been uh, has been easy. So, pretty good promo here for uh, uh, uh no no this was an awesome promo from uh, uh from John Masi here. And um at the end, what he said um 
MJF calls himself the devil, but Moxley said, I seen the devil. And MJF, now he is. And uh, he was speaking real there. So you have your yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You have your Jesus. That was, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You have your Jesus. You have your Satan. You have your angels. You have your devils. You have your God and your, and your, and your devils and um, your heaven and hell. So uh, Moxley has been through that. Because uh, like we mentioned before, he was battling with um with uh with alcohol addiction and how he, he had to become sober. So uh, yeah, Moxie's been through that. So this was a, this was a great storytelling here to uh to tell that uh, right right here. And um so the, the this was a, this is pretty good. I I definitely felt that uh at the end of that promo. Definitely felt. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um. This was a be- very believable promo. He looked right at the camera. You can t- you can feel it, like you know. And it's hard to kind of get that feeling across the TV, but you can re- definitely feel what he was saying. And he said, "Listen, I've seen the devil. You ain't him." Um, and it de- it did for a second make MJF feel very small. Um, I think in in everyone's mind, like, oh, that was uh, you know, he really chinked his uh, his arm. Yeah, and uh. Uh, like I mentioned before, um, yeah, when we was talking about oh, like his promo, like he he need a uh, a signature uh catchphrase all that stuff myself, and um, he don't really need all of that. And like when he was um and uh yeah in the ring, he was like um normally he'd be this loose cannon, but it, but like he was really calm, in uh in this uh in this situation. So and he still rapped with um with MJF here, telling um. What's what's gonna happen and what's real and what uh, and all that stuff. So, yeah, and uh, but pretty good promo there. All right, so John Moxley did a great promo. You really could believe what he was saying. You really could believe the the stories he was telling about being you know seeing the devil and. And, um, and being a part of that. So this was definitely a great promo. Again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I really do wish he had a catchphrase. I just I just need Moxley to come up with one. Um, but something that we can say with him at the end. Um, something cool, man. I just we just need that one thing. It's like the one thing that we can do to bond with our favorite super, our favorite professional wrestler. Um, again, so definitely great promo. William Regal is always great to have there. Um, looking forward to what they do next in this in this story. Yeah, and uh, like I said, like I said before, um, he was really calm here in his promo. He was not like walking around like all back and forth. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, let me be calm and cool, collect here, and let me just uh, let me spill a little rap to you. So that that was it. Let me spill a little rap. Yeah, this was definitely definitely fire. Um, really good, really good promo. Yeah, so we got another video package about the disappearance from the elite air. So this time, this was highlighting more of their careers across the globe, which include pictures from uh, of Adam Cole, Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Finn Balor. While the full gear design was showing fast days, along with a TikTok clock, so. This tells you that uh that the elite will be returning at full gear. Yep, that was the big tease. So, yeah, I'm excited to have them back. They're 
you know, they're the the lifeblood of AEW. They're the the the, the creators of this company. Um, so they have they need to be in the fold, and we got to see them as things. But it also showed that AEW can run without them at the same point in time. Uh, but no, getting them back in there is definitely what we need to be doing. Uh, yeah, and now after that, we got a quick video package about Brian Daniels and Sammy Guevara and their two out of three falls main event was shown. Daniels said, said all the disrespect he's endured in the past month is going to result in him taking out his frustrations and kicking Guevara's head in. So uh, that was a good um, uh, video package there to hype about the main event uh, later on tonight. And then um, we get into uh, Jamie Hayter. Versus Sky Blue. Now, we talked about um, who's more thick between Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. But who's more thick here, Jamie Hayter or Sky Blue? It's, uh, to me, it's still still Jamie. Sky Blue, Sky Blue, pretty thick, but I don't know. Jamie got the yams. Yeah. So um, we shouldn't be talking about these little wrestlers. Like, what are we doing, Trico? What are we in middle school? <laughs> Yeah, so um, as uh, yeah, Sky Blue is going to be a um, a definitely a, a future uh, uh prospect in the, in the near future. But um, her, her training is really paying off. Everything they're doing with Madison Rain, um, her her training is really paying off. She looks more, she looks better in the ring so far. Yeah, and uh, this was a pretty good um uh, match between the two here, and uh, which ended with uh with Jamie Hader landing the ripcord lariat for the win, and um. Hater tried to put the boost in, into uh, uh into blue after the match, but uh Storm uh, that chased her off. So um, but the majority of this match that took place uh, during the commercial, which you hate to see, but um, uh Blue definitely took it to Hater, but um, but, but Hater here, we all knew she was getting the win here because uh, she got to get the momentum going into uh, uh against Tony Storm in the um in the title match. So um. Yeah, David definitely uh, been building up Hater as the excellent challenger for um for Tony Storm, which should be a great match for full, full gear. Now we already expressed our opinions about where this match stands with uh with the other three women's matches at full gear. So um that we we express our opinions there, but um hopefully we get more uh, more in depth story between Tony Storm and Jamie Hater. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, Jamie Hader did a good match. Um, you know, she was on. She was. Um, she's in that big match coming up in full gear with Tony Storm. So having her here is great. Um, and I think the women division is getting more time ever since Soraya popped up. Soraya popped up. Yeah. And um, that afterwards, um, we got a video pro- video package. On Brian Cage and Dante Martin, so highlighting their uh their their and uh, hyping up their up uh, upcoming um you know eliminator uh, uh title match for the uh on, on Rampage uh, this Friday coming up. So um uh at after that we got a backstage with Alice Barrett hoping to interview Ricky Stars about the title eliminator tournament, which literally turns his head into. Uh, uh, getting not in a um in a steel uh wall as Lance Archer had starts by the neck and slamming into the steel door. Archer said everybody dies, and Marvel was yelling help and help. I mean, whoa, 
We didn't expect that to see that coming. But um, let me just say this about the about this whole tournament. Do you really see any of these guys believable um, uh, except for Ethan Page and Ricky Starts? Believable. Uh, Roosh. I think yeah. Roosh is a good. I think Roosh is a good um, contender. Um, I mean, but a lot of the a lot of the brackets be like this on most wrestling shows. It's like, oh, that guy ain't got no chance. That guy ain't got no chance. Um, but the thing is, I think they're giving the time to the people that we need more that need more time. So that's like you know, that's uh, Ethan Page and Tony Starks. So you can say this bracket was made to give them more time. Um, especially with Adam Page out now, they need to put somebody in that kind of spot of another um, kind of a star and get people behind him. So it's really a race between Ethan Page and Ricky Starks now. Yeah. The reason I said Ethan Page and Ricky Starks, because I believe those two is going to be the ones that's going to make it into the finals. And um, and with that... Hey, Ethan yeah. Page versus Roosh is good. You know, like, you know, so it's still other people that's in there that's going to make good matchups for them. Yeah, but um, I'm talking uh, the finals here because um, I feel like Ethan Page and Ricky Starts will be the uh, the obvious choice going into the finals because whoever wins there, you got a story there between John Moxley and MJF. So um, Ethan Page, so doesn't matter if John Moxley wins or MJF wins, you got a story there. And also uh, Ricky Stars, he's good enough to um, to face up against uh, John Moxley because uh, John Moxley believes in him. And um, and what a match that could be between Ricky Stars and MJF. So you got a uh, uh, one in a generational talent, and then you got the absolute talent right there. So that makes more sense in my book. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um... But yeah, it's good to see them pushing new guys though and putting new guys in that picture. Yeah. So um main event time. Two out of three falls match. Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara. So Danielson got the first fall really quick when uh Sammy Guevara got himself disqualified and continued hitting um Danielson with the microphone into his eyes. So uh he was uh bleeding. During the whole uh, entire match, uh, during the right eye. So, um, and then uh, Guevara got uh, tied it up with a pump knee and a GTH uh, the, to tie it up 1 1. So, uh, that was your uh, first, two fall, first two falls there. And um, uh, in the final moments of the match, Guevara tried to hit a double uh, jump cutter, but led it into a, a cross arm breaker, which Jameson transitioned to the LaBelle lock. As the crowd exploded, Guevara got the top rope break, tried to hit another uh, GTH, but Danielson countered into a really nice uh, uh, poison runner. Guevara countered with a Brazil knee into the walls of Jericho, but Danielson got the rope break. GTS missed again. This time, Danielson hit the Bruce knee. Knuckles led into Guevara hitting the Moonsaw DDT and went for the Swan Top, and Danielson got the knees up. Elbow lance elbows led into the label lock. Guevara refused uh, to tap instantly, so Danielson cracked the arm, and Guevara verbally uh, uh, submitted there. So, pretty good, uh, uh, absolute awesome, excellent main event. 
after those uh those, those two falls, those guys really kicked it into gear with Gabbert having some close near falls. Really think that he was gonna win this. So I I definitely like this match more than the last match they had a few weeks ago, which they ended into a, a TKO. But um this definitely sets up the preview for the uh the fatal four-way that's gonna happen between Gabbert. Danielson, Jericho, and Claudio at uh at full gear for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Definitely. This is a hell of a match. Uh, I mean, really hard hit. Um Brian Danielson said he wanted to come to AEW so he can bleed. He was bleeding last night, and I think he was bleeding the hard way. Um, really aggressive match, really hard hitting. I mean, Sammy was giving his everything to Danielson. Um, I don't know, man. There's just there may be some heat between them. That's how that's how hard they were going at it. Um, it looked like it looked like Danielson owed Guevara money. Um, that's how they were going at it last night. But definitely best match of the night was this match here. This was definitely one of the best matches of the night. It was the most hard hitting match. It was intense. And they were going at it. Um, I was I was thoroughly entertained during this match. Yep, and um, so like I said before, this was definitely a good preview for the Fatal Four Way match at Full Gear. So um, afterwards um, we got a um the lineup for uh for for this Friday's Rampage, um, Orange Cassidy defends the All Atlantic Championship against Lee Lee Johnson, Jungle Boy faces off with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, uh, Bandito faces off with Roosh, while Brian Cage takes on Dante Martin. In the uh the two opening first round title eliminator matches, and then the self-proclaimed TBS champion Rhino Rose issues the TBS title open challenge. Open challenge. I think Rampage is gonna be kind of hyped this week. Not a hype it was last week. Yeah, last week was a good episode, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah Rampage Rampage is starting to get a little bit better. I mean, they're starting to kind of find what they can do within this hour's time and not try to cram it so much, uh, but just make it a really good hour of professional wrestling. So uh, I think they've been doing a really better, a much better job with it. Yeah, and uh, they need to be live. So they got to face that. But um, but yeah, uh, what'd you think about this episode? Um, Pretty l- last lucker at times. But uh, but we're really uh starting to build for 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 full gear. So um, uh, it was uh, it was pretty all right. So um, uh, we'll but we'll see what in the next couple of weeks how the road is gonna be. So um, the card is um is really stacked. So um, hopefully we don't get no shenanigans like we did at All Out. But um, we'll see how it goes from there. How it goes from there. Indeed, indeed. I think this was a really good uh, episode. The main event stole the show for me. Um, Soraya saying that she can wrestle was a great, um, great news. The build between Moxley and MJF is getting better. Um, having them not in the same building tonight, but sending messages to each other was really good. Um, but yeah, really good episode of Dynamite. I was thoroughly and um entertained and i'm looking forward to more news about all the new places there they be and that's the cool thing about this company you get to see them grow and uh venture out and do new things and and hit new milestones for themselves and 
definitely going to UK is going to be a big milestone for the company. Yeah. So, uh, uh, very exciting news for uh, for AEW uh, this week. And um, uh, we're on the road to full gear, y'all. So, uh, New Jersey, here we go. And, um, and other than that, anything else you want to wrap up before we uh, wrap up? No, not at the moment, man. We're still getting empathy done. We're in post-production still. Um, I'm having some laptop issues. I got to get that fixed so I can finish the movie. But rather than that, everything is going good, man. Looking forward to seeing what come up next. Yeah, yeah, yep. And, um, and, and until then, we'll, we'll see y'all soon. Peace. Mm-hmm.